Jones. As far as I'm concerned, Colin Kaepernick is absolutely irrelevant. I'm a black man, and, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he's not black. It's this country, the country that you have so much disdain for, that allows you the right to speak your mind. It protects your right to be a whiny, indulgent, attention-seeking crybaby. 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 Yo, on August 26, 2016, Colin Kaepernick would forever change football, and eventually the world when he decided at a preseason game between the San Francisco 49ers, which was his team at the time, and the Green Bay Packers to sit on a bench when the national anthem was playing. So the moment was captured by this photographer, and it was shared across social media and shared across the rest of the world, uh, basically the world being the internet. You know what I mean? Now, eventually, the sitting that he was doing, it turned into kneeling, which was, according to Kaepernick, more respectful. On this episode of The Big Therm Show, I'm going to introduce you to two people who took a stand after Colin knelt. Stay tuned. Yo, so Colin broke the tradition of all traditions. He took the risk of all risks for something that he strongly believed in. But why, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, why did Colin do this? Why did he think it was okay to sit during the playing of the country's beloved song? Like, what would make him so compelled to do such a thing? And the the thing about this question is, like, a lot of people are asking this, but they act like they don't know the answer or they can't go find the answer. A simple Google search would explain exactly what um colin did this for but um some people want to act like they don't know how to how to do that so here's colin explaining his reason for what he did um i mean ultimately it's to bring awareness and make people you know realize what's really going on in this country there are a lot of things that are going on that are unjust people aren't being held accountable for and that's something that needs to change that's something that you know, this country stands for freedom, liberty, justice for all. And it's not happening for all right now. Now, come on. Honestly, that seems pretty cut and dry to me. It's not that di- it's not that difficult to understand what he was trying to do or what he's trying to do. Now, listen, as I mentioned, I got two guests on the show today. Their names are Tia Goodson and Venroy July. Their organization is Neil to Stand. Now, before I introduce you, I want to take you through the day that I actually met them. I'd been introduced to them via a mutual friend, uh, but this was by uh, phone only. And when we first spoke, I found out about an event they were holding on November 19th. It was called a fall cleanup. They were, um, they were able to team up with um, uh, Councilwoman Shannon Sneed's office here in Baltimore to get some volunteers out to uh, help clean up the neighborhood. Now, yo, November 19th fell on a Sunday, like a cold Sunday, you know what I'm saying? It was a Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and... Uh, we were all going to meet up because um, that's what Neil to Stand does. Like, they do events where they give back to the community during football. Now, for all my Baltimore folks that are familiar... The meetup was on Monument Street, 
in front of the Northeast Market. Ah, how y'all doing? Going on. I'm Thurman. I was looking for Tia. I got out there at like 10 and started to introduce myself to other folks that were out there. Shout out to Steph. You know what I mean? Shout out to um, May. They were the first people from Neela Stan who I met. And then Tia rolled up, and then shortly after that, I met Venroy. We talked briefly about what area would be cleaned up. It started in front of a nearby um, elementary slash middle school, Tillman Elementary Middle School to be exact. <laughs> and then continued down to like um, a little park on Rose Street. Now my apologies again for those of you who don't live um, in Baltimore, but just imagine um, 10 city blocks. That's roughly what it was. Um, when we got in front of the school, I caught up with a volunteer. His name is Stephen Barber. Now he mentioned something while I was talking to him that I found pretty interesting that I hadn't so even thought about. Take a listen. I, I'm, I'm interested to know if, if People are prepared to carry this sort of, of boycott through, you know, the next couple seasons, though, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. it's, been, it's been very – a lot of people have been very vocal about boycotting the NFL this season, but I'm curious if, if people are planning to carry that forward into, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. So are you, if you're not watching, prepared to take it beyond 2017? Like, what if your team makes it to the Super Bowl? Or what if all your friends go back to watching? Or what if it ain't popping on social media no more? Like, it ain't the cool thing to do. Like, will you continue to keep your eyes off of football? That's something you got to consider. I spoke to uh, different volunteers as we kept on walking and making our way down the street. I ran into somebody named uh, Chrissy. She showed up because Councilwoman Sneed mentioned the event at a community meeting. And here's what she had to say about Kaepernick. Um, no, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's raising awareness to what a lot of people maybe weren't aware of, and I think that that's, that's important. Um, like I said, that's just what, a little bit more of what the country needs, I think. Is I even spoke to Rocky Brown. He's a prominent community activist that has Shannon Sneed's ear. He said Cap's protest reminds him of the athletes that raised their fists at the Olympics. He's talking about Tommy Smith and John Carlos. They were the gold and bronze winners of the 200-meter um, race at the 1986 well, yeah, Summer Olympics. That. Because, like I say, it's just little – see, people miss the mall what things be going on. See, back in the day, they had a black panther raise his hand and gave the, the power to our people symbol. Understand. And the whole world took off. Mm -hmm. While a guy, a national athlete, raising a black power sign on national TV. But it was the movement issue that he did that. It wouldn't have had nothing to do with the Black Panther Party. They were just giving power to our people because we black and we did something. We received the goal. Right. And that's, that's how they looked at it the wrong way. So everybody no, likes no, no. food, right? You blame that sometime on, on the and walking up and down the street picking up trash can definitely work up an appetite. I mean, I mean it did for me. <laughs> um, Tia and Venroy planned for this, though, by setting up um, a brunch at a local restaurant. It wasn't a one-time thing either. A black business takeover is actually part of each service event they do. They emphasize pouring into the community with service and dollars. And for this event, it was Terra Cafe, a black-owned, community-focused spot that serves up food for the soul. I got there early so I could set up, and the owner, Terrence Dixon, made me feel right at home. You know what I mean? There was all this art on the wall and, like, music going. The vibe was just dope. 
You know what I mean? But before we ate, he took the floor real quick to talk to us. Simple grits is always just a canvas for putting up food on. AKA you put brown soup under. We have yams with pineapple, and the reason for the pineapple people ask sometimes is because it's a little bit healthier. With the acid and stuff from the pineapple, you use less sugar, and that's what the food is about here. Sneaking people to eat healthy. I don't want to be by myself. <laughs> then we have our famous suede fish. Okay, and we have a chamole mayo that's gonna make me so rich. Okay, so I have some plates and stuff. Please serve yourself. I have orange juice. The coffee is just about percolating. I have water. If you like water, please let me know, and I'll come around and serve you. So I'll give y'all a few minutes. Go ahead and bless the food. Now after brunch, I finally got to sit down and talk with Venroy and Tia, and here's my conversation with them. I'm your host, Big Therm. Um, Today we're doing something a little different. I'm very happy to be back on the microphone. I want to introduce y'all to uh, some cool entrepreneurs who are doing dope things today. Um, so go ahead. Uh, uh, let's first introduce yourself and then tell us um, a little bit more about your background. All right. So my name is Tia Goodson, Baltimore, born and raised, Howard graduate, um, very like passionate and interested in reinvesting in Baltimore. That's kind of how Neil DeSand got started. Um, typically, I work in film and TV production. I've been freelancing in that field for about nine years now. All right, so the name is Benro July. Um, lawyer here in Baltimore. Uh, so originally from Jamaica, moved to New York, then went down south to go to school, was in D.C., um, and now I've been here in Baltimore for about six years now. Um, so for me, you know, Baltimore to me is just a great city. Kind of fell in love with it six, six years ago. Decided I wasn't leaving anytime soon. So I decided to start doing some investments up here because I just think there's tons of potential. Yo, that's a, that's a big deal to say you came from New York where everybody, you know what I'm saying, champions, and came to Baltimore and fell in love with Baltimore. So what, what, um, what made you fall in love with Baltimore? It's, uh, to me, you know, the interesting thing is, like, New York is great. Like, my family's is fantastic, right? Yeah, yeah. But New York is just it's a whole different ball game in terms of, like, yeah. the price points. And it just doesn't make sense. You can't enjoy the city like that unless you're, like, really guapped out. I say the uh, same exact thing. I fully agree. <laughs> Baltimore, to me, was, like, just like a city that, like, it hadn't reached where it could be, but you could kind of see. So I, I think of Harlem the way – I think of – Baltimore the way I thought of Harlem when I came to America you can kind of see like there's all this culture here um, and it's not as it reaches height but there's mad potential to kind of bring it out so just a combination of that the way people interact with each other I saw the potential there you know people didn't people weren't really on this elitist stuff they just wanted to kind of they were real down to earth and wanted to like build relationships and so all those things kind of just made me like really fall in love with the city and fall in love with the people here so dope dope alright that's, that's dope because, and it's funny you say that because when I when I um, ride through certain parts of Baltimore, I always used to say to my peoples that this looks like New York in the 80s. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's, where, that's my era. You know what I mean? And the fact that they were able to turn that around means Baltimore could also do it too. 100%. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's up. So now, Tia, born and raised. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm assuming yep. your, your passion comes is homegrown. You know what I'm saying? So is there anything in particular that you specifically like about Baltimore that... that so keeps your heart there. I went away to I went away um, to go to school at Howard. Right. I stayed in DC a total of ten years. 
Um, and it's funny that you say that Baltimore looks like New York in the 80s. To me, Baltimore looks like D.C. in the early 2000s, late 90s. Because mm. um, when I was there, I was able to see that transformation happen. Like, I lived on Florida Avenue Northwest when it used to flood. Um, I remember all of the boarded up buildings on that block, and now that block has a lot of businesses. It's got oh. restaurants. I mean, it's it's a completely different place, and that's okay. exactly where I feel like Baltimore is right now. But being in D.C., um, it made me appreciate Baltimore more. Ah. Because when I when I lived in D.C., I didn't think I was moving back to Baltimore. Really? You couldn't tell me I was coming back home to live. Wait, like, that was not my plan. But why though? Like when you originally left Baltimore, I fell in love with DC. Oh, gotcha. DC was more diverse to me than Baltimore. DC, I could, I could eat any type of food any day of the week. I went out and I met lots of different people. And when I left Baltimore, I didn't feel that way about it. Oh. Okay. And so, when I decided to go into film, I dropped everything, and it made more sense to move back to Baltimore to save money. Okay. And by being back here, I slowly fell back in love with my city. Oh. Like, Baltimore has a little bit of that southern charm that I missed in D.C. Even though D.C. is more southern in okay. terms of ge- geography. Yeah, yeah. Geogra- but Baltimore has that the, the charm that I missed in D.C. Dope. And sometimes you have to... Sometimes you have to leave a place in order to appreciate Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. That makes sense. So, so okay, so y'all both on the Neil the Stand Grind. How did y'all meet? So, I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Venroy is a member uh, of... Alpha Alpha Sorority Incorporated. All right, dope, dope. And so we met at um, our regional conference. Okay, okay. So, all right, so then I'm assuming the idea is, a, is an idea from both of y'all. The, to do Neil the Stand, right? So, uh, Vanroy, maybe you could take this one and then I'll come back to you, Tia. But tell me why you started Neil the Stand. What's the what's the so, aim here? So, Neil to Stand, a couple, it's a couple of thoughts, right? So, I think we kind of both had the idea that, like, you know, obviously Kaepernick was taking a stand for, I, for things that were impacting my community. And to me, the way, you know, I appreciate him doing it as an initial matter. But then you kind of saw how the league was blackballing him compared to other players. It was like, there's something kind of fishy about this. And to me, it was like an intentional attempt to kind of silence someone and say, don't use your platform to address issues that are affecting the black community. So when you think about that, now it has meaning. So now you're like, oh, if they're trying to do him like that, then we're just not going to watch the NFL. And you started seeing like all these pushes people not to watch the NFL. But then, you know, from what I've seen, we tend to be like a very like, boycott heavy society yeah but like when we do it it's like we do we barely if we can get it done for a week if we can get that that's that's an accomplishment but then at the end of that week then we go right back to doing the stuff that we said that we was boycotting so with that in mind we're like all right well we don't want to just do a boycott because it has to have more significance and so with that we said you know rather than just Boycott and let's let's actually take that time that you would otherwise have spent watching football that you're now saying you're boycotting and you have this free time. Let's figure out a way that we can utilize that to best impact our community. And so we figured let's just let's let's do exactly that. Let's just plan community service events so that it allows us the opportunity to kind of take that time and pour back in our community. You know, one of the things that this goes back to the conversation we were just having. You know, one of the things that we need to realize is that. 
city like Baltimore has all the assets. It has all like its underlying like beauty and culture, mm -hmm. but it's been dirtied up, right? It's been dusted up by like bad school systems. You know the fact that they don't care the trash. It's like other things that like make the city not look as good. If we can clean some of that stuff aside, people can really start to appreciate what they have, and so we won't see some of the same things that happen in places like D.C. and New York happen here. So just figure, let's take the time to help people like find back that beauty in their communities and kind of pour back in. Right, right. Okay, and Tia, you feel the same way, right? Like this is absolutely personal. This is a personal um, mission for you guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, something like a boycott, and especially on this national level, we don't really have. We can't really gauge what the outcome is going to be. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have any control over it, right? We can um, boycott, and but we don't know how that's going to end. But what we do have control over is what we actually physically do, right? So if we go into a neighborhood and we see that there's trash, we can go and pick up and we can clean up that neighborhood. Like we can create, we can do small things to create change in our city, you know. And I just I think that the inaction of the boycott is the perfect opportunity to, like. Uh, enforce action or put, put yeah. Thing, yeah, put community service into action, like really make a change. Now, see, the thing that I think was dope that y'all are doing is that you're doing it specifically during the games. You know what I mean? So it's like, not only are we boycotting, but like you said, you know what I mean? During the boycott, we're gonna go and actually make a difference. So now, let's say football season is over. You know what I mean? And playoffs over, Super Bowl over, all that. What do you do? How do you continue the mission? Like, how, how do you stay on message and say, look, during the time you're going to watch football, go do this. If there's no football, what do you do then? So I think when we chose the name Neil to Stand, of course there is a correlation between that and Colin Kaepernick taking a knee, right? But I think that the name itself gives us, I guess, the, the room to make it into something different. Mm. So we'll do things under the under the umbrella of Neil to Stand for the boycott and hashtag it NFL be more be more NFL blackout, right? Because that's specific to the football season. Mm. But when the season ends, it doesn't necessarily mean that we need to stop doing community service. There's always something to be done in the season. Uh, yeah, agree. Agree. Saw that this morning. I, mean, I think that's exactly right, right? So, like, to me, it's it's one thing that we need to address. It's not it's not necessarily like we we are too reactive. We see a problem, we try to fix that problem right then and do it right now. A lot of these issues that we have are things that you have to kind of like change the mentality, mm -hmm. right? So you have to kind of get this idea of doing service and pouring back into our communities, just as like a part of people's natural everyday thinking. Exactly. I think that this is something that. You know, I think we're going to continue. You know, we started with this as a movement, but, you know, the idea of just mobilizing young black professionals in the city to pour back into some of the neighborhoods that we know are ultimately going to have value to everybody, you know, why, why, why wouldn't we push for that? Why wouldn't we continue that? Um, so I don't think it's something that has to be necessarily limited by, by the football season. By the season, right? All right, now, um, the, the, uh, still speaking of the season, though, is it, uh, since this is a passion of yours, right? Is it upsetting when you hear people are still watching football or still supporting football? Like, are y'all, do you do, let's say you're talking to somebody and they're like, yo, that fucking, the game last night was crazy. And you're like, like, do you immediately go to, yo, why are you still watching the games? Or do you let them live and try to educate them or something? Like, I, 
How you feel about that? I think that we probably have two different reactions. Uh, so I'm going to let Vin go first. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what she's going to say or what she's assuming. Yeah. I actually, like, let cats live. At first, when it first started happening, I would be all I would be all aggressive. Like, yo, what are you talking about? Like, how can you still, like, do you not understand? And then I realized as, like, I was having these conversations with, like, guys who I knew and who I respected and it's just a different perspective I still think they're wrong mm-hmm. about like their view like their views that oh this is not going to impact them he's not going him getting back a job doesn't accomplish anything on a micro level right I mean, that's what I mean I mean on a macro level it doesn't accomplish anything mm. um, but I have a different view about like the impact that it had I think it like to allow him to get back a job for for him to have been able to protest and for people to, for us to like as a movement decide to back him it lets the wider you know people people in positions of power understand they can't just kind of like steamroll us on certain things right yeah um so i un- i understand the difference in views on, on how they're looking at it versus how i'm looking at it so i just let them live and i'm like i try to talk to them one more time but i'm not I don't say more than two sentences about why they should be <laughs> yeah, yeah. why they should be watching the NFL right. <laughs> or right. should not be. Yeah. Okay. So they're pretty similar. Um, I don't. <laughs> Wait, but what you thought he was going to say? So I was going with the I was going with the way that he he would address it in the beginning, which was to spend time trying to convince oh, people of the, oh, why they should not and be you know and be angry about it. I mean, because he's passionate. <laughs> yeah, um, of course, of course. Right. So I don't. I don't spend time trying to convince people. Mm. Neil to stand isn't Neil to stand is for those who are who are boycotting the NFL. Right. right? Not, not to convince the, people to boycott, but to get on board if you already are boycotting. Right. Exactly. Okay. Right. And, and okay. anyone who considers themselves a concerned citizen. So I know people who are still watching football, but they might come out and support us mm. for any for anything. Okay. You know, um, my parents are still watching football. Did you try to educate them? They came out to our kickoff brunch, you know, it, no. okay. but I appreciate their support. Right, Do you know right. what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not going to spend time trying to convince anyone why it's right. I'm going to focus on the people who are already down with the cause and we're going to keep moving forward. And then um, hopefully leading by example, more people will jump in right. and realize because it, through this process of doing this whole Neil to Stand, there have been people that I know personally who have changed their minds. Oh, or they ask me why am I if they ask me why I'm doing it and I tell them and then that might open open their minds to looking at it in a different way. Yeah. And definitely. so we get them in the end anyway. Alright, well that's dope. That's dope. Now before Neil to stand, was there um was there a thing? Because I want to know like how come y'all specifically chose the Kaepernick thing? If the the mission is still, you know, revitalize Baltimore, see the potential, make it grow, invest in the community. Before Kaepernick did kneel, kneel, uh, started kneeling, did y'all have something else going? Or did y'all get energized by uh, Kaepernick? Like, were you always well, volunteer? I, I think I think the Kaepernick thing certainly energizes. Because, I, don't, I mean, I think that we were individually kind of doing stuff in our communities generally. I mean, oh, the okay, whole okay. point of whole point of the reason is, is it's it's important that, you know, T is an AKA and I'm an alpha, right? The reason why we kind of, like, connected and, like, knew that we could, like, have these like similar ideas about like how we need to impact our community based on what's going on with Kaepernick is the fact that we're in organizations that are based strict that are our main purpose is is, is service to our community. Right? Yeah, okay. Engage in office. That's what that's what we're here for, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's imp- I think that's important. So we were individually kind of going about doing things 
in our organizations, whether it's like doing reading to kids at schools or like feeding the homeless or you know putting you know collecting toys or like collecting clothes for homeless people. Like we've been individually doing stuff, but like so throughout time, we just have to find things that kind of inspire us that we hope can inspire other people. And this Kaepernick thing was one that was like, all right, this is something that's like inspiring. Like, this guy is fighting for us. Mm-hmm. We got to get behind this dude. And yo, if we're going to get behind this dude, let's also use it to pour back into our community. So there's like a bunch of different like steps to get to where yeah. we are now. So I think Kaepernick's situation was unique in being able to like serve as an impetus for this to happen. I like, yo, you know what? You just said something that reminded me that, because um, Tia, earlier you was talking about, you know, figuring out ways to get more people to come out. But if you're already part of an organization that does something like that, that makes it easier for you to reach out to other people within that organization to just continue what they're already doing. Because honestly, you go online, which is one of the places millennials use, or one of the major places millennials use to get to, uh, information out. You go online and you say, yo, I need your help. I need your support. Come through, whatever, whatever. You might get a retweet. You might get a like, all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But the physical bodies to come out on a Sunday morning, it's cold, it's windy. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be picking up garbage. You're in Baltimore. People are shook to come to Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? All of that takes a lot to get them out there. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that y'all have an organization already that does that, I'm assuming it makes it easier. Because the people without organizations and ties to things like that, that will be harder for them to, number one, come out themselves, and number two, get other people to come out. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you mentioned something that actually I didn't think about it until just now when you said that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, listen, before we wrap up, right, I want to know uh, from y'all what's a recommendation for somebody else? Because there are people listening who want to start an organization. They want to change. They want to do something. They say, 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 but they don't do. Is there any advice that you have to somebody who – has a good idea, they want to help their community, where where would they start? What would they do? Like, what's, a, what's a good idea for them? Or a good starting point? Look, we're just getting started. So, I think I think that in itself is it. Like, you have an idea, you, you see a need, just get started. Like, just do it. You know, a lot of times we, we want to do things and we sit around and we think about it for a long time and we think things have to be perfect to get started. And then a month goes by, two months, and then it's a year and you still haven't done anything. Mm. You know, we're not, we're, we're not where, where we want to be. Like, we want a lot more people to come out. Like, we want everybody in the city to come out and be interested in reinvesting in Baltimore. Um, and we're not there yet, right. but we're moving. Yeah, you've we're made moving. the... We're making movement. We're making progress little by little. Right. You know, so I would say just do it. Stop thinking about it. Just do it. Venroy, what about you? So, I mean, I think I want to, like, almost piggyback off of what Tia said, right? So, like, I guess the other part of it is, like, other, other than just do it, right? So when you do it, you have to kind of be prepared to kind of go through, like, growing pains, right? Because... Like Tia is saying, like, you know, we were like this. We thought that, oh, people are easily going to get people are easily gonna get around, like, boycotting the NFL, you know, Kaepernick. This is going to be easy to get people to come out. And you realize that, you know, you're hitting up different groups that you're in. And, I did, and, and, and getting up and doing community service is so not a part of the average person's, like, regular being that, like, it's very difficult to kind of inspire people to come out. And people are connected to football, man. I didn't realize how 
much people cared about the sport. Um, <laughs> so, you know, cats are just not going to miss football. No matter what you say, you can always find a way to justify your way out of something. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so we have, like, gone to events and we're, like, trying to put on events that are, like, how do we get people and then trying to get events that are, like, having the most impact. And those two things are, like, very difficult to come by at times, right? You want to think about, you know, and so we're, we're trying these different events and sometimes we don't get bites. Gotcha. And sometimes we've done things that have been, that we've, like, been like, yo, why did we do that? Like, we definitely should not have done that, <laughs> right? But you only learn that from having done it completely wrong the exactly. first time. Exactly. So, so in addition to just kind of do it, like, you don't have to start big, right? Like, start small. Like, we don't know what we're doing here. You know, we ain't trying to, we're not, I don't think anybody here thinks that we are going to impact, um, the uh, impact, like, police brutality wholesale right now but you gotta just start taking baby steps bringing awareness to the situation having people get you know organized around the issues and then you know you build up little by little you yeah. can't think of the end game completely all the time yeah yeah I definitely agree with that because people are into uh, like numbers you know what I'm saying if you don't get like <clears throat> if you don't get thousands of people out then you think that that's not enough mm-hmm. but just this morning with the with the good sized crew that came mm-hmm. out you got a lot done. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? A whole bunch of blocks yeah. got cleaned up. You know what I mean? Some relationships were built. You know what I mean? There was Absolutely. Business probably exchanged and all that. That To me, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't, what? There was less than 100 people out there this morning. Yeah, but it was definitely less it was, it was thick. You know what I'm saying? They came through. That's yeah. what's up. So. Um, all right. So, yeah, before we go, let them know uh, uh, where they can find more about Neil The Stand uh, and more about you guys. Sure. So um, we're at Neil to Stand Be More on Facebook, Neil to Stand Be More on Instagram, Neil to Stand Be More, but B M O R on Twitter. Okay. And that's where we post everything. Facebook is where all of our events flow through. You can RSVP, you can check in with us, and we'll keep you up to date on the next event. Okay, dope. And Neil to Stand is with the number two. It's not Neil T.O. It's Neil number two stand. Neil number two stand. All right. And what about you? Where they can find you? Oh, I'm all over the place. Um, (laughs) Concrete Rose Grows on IG. Okay. Tia Michelle one on Twitter and Tia Michelle on Facebook. I don't know. Then that's Michelle with the one L. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) I don't have much of a a, a social media presence. So I don't have very much. I'm at, at Hardware Promotions. That's it. At, on IG. All right, man. Too easy. Too easy. <laughs> Yo, Venroy, Tia, thank you so much for coming through. This is what's up. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear about this and know what's going on. You know what I mean? I appreciate it. Thank All you. Right. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no doubt. Cool. All right. Yo, yo, big shouts. Big, big shouts to um, Tia and Venroy for sitting down and telling us all about Neil to Stand. Big shouts to their uh, squad and everybody else that came through and volunteered that day. Um... I hope this was a good introduction to their organization. And um, if, you, if you'd if you actually like to participate or find out more about what they got going on, I'm going to um, put a link at emaradio.com slash Neil uh, for all the social media accounts that they mentioned. You know what I mean? Matter of fact, if you go there, you'll see uh, uh, Tia and Venroy's um, information. You'll see Neil to Stan information. You'll see pictures from the fall cleanup, and I'll even throw in some pictures from uh, the Terra Cafe. 
You know what I mean? Just uh, uh, And some other information about the Terror Cafe. Just any and everything that I mentioned in this episode, go to emaradio.com slash Neil. That's K-N-E-E-L. Again, big shouts to Tia, big shouts to Venroy, and uh, big ups to um, Neil to Stan. Thanks for listening.